<sighs> oh, today's been such a whirlwind. I- I'm really sorry about bothering you with something so stupid. No, for sure. I-, I know how busy you are, so it's not a problem for me to record your favorite show. I just, every day I have to unwind with my favorite show, Judge Vowthry. And here you go. Enjoy. Awesome. Hey, wait. What's this? A bunch of rocks with dots on them? Yeah, they're the episodes. I even went back and re-recorded some of the earlier stuff we missed. You recorded them? In, in rocks? It's the latest technology. Constellation Crystal Capture. CCCs. I just got a whole set of 14 constellations last week, so I've been meaning to try them out. Also, I put my mixtape on Gemini. It's fire. You should spread it around. What am I going to do with CCCs? I don't have a CCC player. Normal people use DVD or Blu-ray, or I guess they don't really anymore, but like, I could use a USB drive? You don't need a CCC player. You just have to open your mind. Like this. Why are they talking in a bunch of echoed moans? I can understand them on the level of my bones, but not on my mind? It's the universal language accessibility feature of the CCCs. Where have you been? This is the technology of the future. Just trust me on this. You're going to unwind perfectly fine tonight. Unless you put on that mixtape. It's totally fire. Okay, um, thanks, I guess. I'm going to go smoke some indica and give this a shot. Bye! See ya! Okay, I guess I'll... I'll attune to this mixtape? Uh. Oh, damn, that is pretty fire. This episode of Storm Buds, we protect a princess's family jewels, put an end to Elidipus's grand designs, and send our scions back home in blood form. Welcome to Storm Buds, the Final Fantasy recap podcast on a mission to spread the joy of gaming. And what a tempestuous mission it is, as always. Some people don't like gaming, and we're here to convince them that it's fun. I don't know if this is the show for that. Is it? I, I, do we think it's gonna? Do we think it has that rhetorical impact? <laughs> I hope it does. Gonna play, like, lock Jack Thompson in a room. Maybe, with a- maybe once they start playing less completely uh, inscrutable games, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> but but for now, we're kind of stuck with this one. Join us next season. We record seven episodes about flag football. Um, maybe maybe not quite so a game quite so scrutable. Uh, this episode, we are covering the tank roll quests and the 5.3 post-patch content of Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. Isn't that right? I'm Jerome Barbatsis, by the way. Forgot to introduce myself. I'm Jerome Barbatsis. I'm your host of Light. And I'm joined by my co-host, Alexander Hambrock, co-host of Light. Jerome. Say, say hello. You know... Over the course of the last couple episodes, one question has begun to loom that I've sort of reformulated, especially as plot points have fallen into place, and that is the question of, what the fuck is Endwalker about? I would like to reiterate that question for this episode, and also add a second question to it, which is, what is the rest of this post-patch content about? Because all of a sudden, we have wrapped up what I thought were all of the outstanding plot threads. (laughs) Hmm. 
I noticed not one of those words was hello, but they are certainly words that we will get into uh, over the course of this episode. But before we continue on to answer any of those questions, or even begin to to really ask them, we're going to get distracted by the exclamation points in our heads with our side quests. But what side quests have you been engaged with this past uh, uh, couple of weeks uh well no real games tv's mostly just more riverdale and star trek both of which are good but i did go see that oppenheimer the other day oh wow and that was a messy movie that was better than i okay like oppenheimer biopic of the man oppenheimer i'm sure everyone in the world has seen it at this point um except for you because you don't go to movies i sure don't (laughs) i i will say i think the first hour of that movie is kind of unwatchable the second hour is incredible and the third hour should be incredible but is rendered kind of unwatchable i'm sorry the- did you say third hour <laughs> yes it's a three-hour movie exactly <laughs> it dodged two of the biggest things i was concerned about which is that i was worried it was going to be a little bit too hard on the like oppenheimer great man tortured genius stuff and i was worried it was going to play into the long-standing sort of like oh we just had to drop the bomb on japan it was a tough choice but it was the right move and it, it i think manages to avoid doing both of those by both showing Oppenheimer himself getting in over his head and kind of getting turned into a pawn and also making it clear that dropping of the atomic bomb on Japan was a political move done for political reasons, not necessarily strategic or tactical reasons to do with the war Mm, effort. So I was like, okay, things I was worried about, it was more thoughtful about than I expected. The problem is that like, I don't know how you follow the first hour of that movie. I know all the history involved. I'm reading a biography of Enrico Fermi right now, and I had trouble following the first hour of that movie. Oh, no. I'm amazed that it is a blockbuster success, given how rapidly it fires infinite pieces of information at your brain and expects you to retain them. Huh. So, I don't know. Weird, messy movie that I enjoyed more than I thought in some ways, but was let down by in others. That's fantastic. Is it fantastic? <laughs> to come up with like the the <laughs> response the, <laughs> the response i could give that like showed that i was listening the least <laughs> i was listening but then i was like also trying to anti-listen <laughs> to come up with that response okay what's your side question if we don't know it's Baldur's gate y'all. yeah it's Baldur's. <laughs> it's Baldur's gate and it's not been anything but Baldur's gate so we won't like if you're listening to po- comedy video game or just video game podcasts in general you've heard everyone talking about Baldur's gate if you don't know it's the the latest game from Larian Studios. They are uh, basically a tabletop RPG, CRPG, computer RPG maker. At this point, they obtained the license to uh, Dungeons and Dragons, specifically Baldur's Gate, and they made the latest entry, which has been which has taken twenty three years to come out. Um, and it's uh, it's pretty much a it's a gaming triumph. Um, my personal my character i think the only thing i could talk about is my experience and not so much with the game itself i am no jason trier um idol of this show and future guests certainly um jason we know you're listening we know you're listening jason (laughs) um but yeah that's that's a long ways away the what i can tell you is about my character and with any first playthrough, I don't try to go for any given narrative. I just sort of try to experience it and make choices on the fly. And then retroactively, I'm like, mm, that doesn't really, this character doesn't make any sense. It's kind of how I ended up on the centrist playthrough of Disco Elysium. <laughs> yeah, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> it was exquisite. I fucking, that centrist ending is the best ending in the game. But um, 
Yeah, I'm not at the end of this. Well, no, I will. I will say I have rolled credits on Baldur's Gate three. Wow, <laughs> but Isn't it like eighty hours long. I, I didn't say I finished it. I said I rolled credits. I don't know what that means, but okay. I mean, if you've played Nier Automata, you've rolled credits. Oh, okay. Is it doing that kind of shit? <laughs> it does. Turns out, uh, it's. I mean, it's auto saves pretty okay. It's okay. Turn off cloud save. Sorry, my character is a tiefling druid, because I didn't really understand that that was a contradiction, but whatever. Uh, the other druids are like, this is this is garbage. <laughs> you are garbage. Isn't, isn't this, all I know is the start of that game about the druids and the tieflings being in conflict. Yeah. <laughs> so, How is that working for you? It worked out fine. I won't, I won't spoil it, but it, it's, it's, there's, there's ways around it. Um, anyway, yeah, tiefling druid. Uh, currently in Act Three, just kind of got there, making a lot of really interesting choices um, in a relationship with the warlock character Will right now. Um, that's good to be my, but I'm already planning my second and third playthroughs. So wow. it's just one it's of those things where you're like, oh, okay, like there's so many choices and so many outcomes that you're like, or I was at least like, all right, I have to come back here on somebody else. Also because there's so many different D and D classes I want to play. Um, I normally play bards, uh, but I was, I just was, I needed a, a stronger healer than a bard for the, the companion characters I wanted to take. I took, I'm taking Gale, the wizard, Asterion, the rogue, and Will, the warlock. So I was like, all right, I need a, you need to dump out some healers. So I just took a druid instead and uh, that's working out good. We're we're pretty, we're a bit spell heavy, but that's, I would recommend that actually it makes, I'm playing the game on medium, but like there's a lot of, there's a lot of area of effect <laughs> spells that you're going to want because they do try to they do try to force difficulty by just way of like swarming you with people sure you're like all right i just need three people to cast ice storm at any given time <laughs> to deal with this so i have three questions of increasing complexity okay one is ranger one of the classes you can play yes Ooh, i might look into that um two so i have also I, I've all the pl- all the D classes i think some from some from like Tasha's Cauldron, like some of the subclasses from Tasha's Cauldron and some of the else other modules are in there too. Um, but yeah, there's three different subclasses, I think, for every class. So. Wow, nice. Question number two. You and I have both played the previous um, Larian yes. games, Divinity Original Sin. I, is <clears throat> the writing better in, than in those games? I don't know. I didn't really get that far in DOS 2, maybe like 14, 15 hours, because it was a little... The combat wasn't as good because of the armor system being stupid and like the you're like that armor system was very frustrating um so Dang it. okay that, so that actually like, cuts off my third question though yeah but, yeah but the, the combat's much better it's the combat's D. it's D. it's just D now like you're playing D. it's great i it, like my third question was going to be do they finally get over the problem where like in both the original sin games i found that like you hit the third act and all of a sudden it's like oh all the polish and interesting stuff went into the first two acts and the third act is significantly i don't think so i th- i have some very interesting things happening to me in the third act wow okay so i don't know Wah, wah, it's Jerome from the future here. Uh, no, Act 3 does not have a lot of polish at this point. Uh, Alex, I know you're listening. So the frame rate is awful. At the at it, uh, There's just too much going on, and they're releasing like thousands of bug, bug fixes, or just a thousand. I don't know. That's it. That's the interlude. You were right. Wah, wah. I don't know about that one, but I never made it. I don't think I made it past Act 2 and DOS 2. If you're telling me that, like, third act of the game, it has not dropped off hard in terms of, like, interesting interactions and, like, storytelling stuff going on, then that is very promising. (laughs) No, not so, not at all. Um, Yeah, there's, uh, it's great. Uh, It's a good time. Um, 
You don't spend the entire act on an island solving puzzles? No. Oh, uh, yeah. Act one was... Right. Puzzle Island. Okay, yeah. Fort Joy. Uh, no, we, not so... Not so much. It's it's. I mean, there's there's so many. It's it's very open. It's just great. It's a triumph. Um, hope your PC is good enough for it though, because uh, it's a bit stuttery for me, and they're working on updating it because it's just one of those things. But I love it. Um, we will probably talk more about it. I mean, I'll probably keep talking a little bit more about it, but. <laughs> I'm probably going to start it up soon too. It's like great. I'm, I'm need to get to the next couple of weeks. Uh, we should. I should start a thread of it in our Discord links in our in our in the description. Um, that would actually be really fun for us to talk about if other people are playing this game. I mean, I, I usually have my game thing turned on, but it would be a fun thread to have. Uh, cool. Well, that will do it for our side quests for now. And I guess I guess we've been putting this long enough. Uh, we're going to talk about the the main bit of the content. We're going to start again with the roll quests. Boy, let's just be honest about the tank roll quests. Can we do this in like 10 minutes? We could do this less? in less than 10 minutes. Okay. This is nothing. This, this is, is not no- anything. It's not nothing, but it's not a lot. Um, there's this guy, Granson. He asks us to search for yet another uh, cardinal sin. He gives us a... He's a bounty hunter. Whatever. They're all bounty hunters. Very emo. They're all bounty hunters. All of, all of these. And they are... Um, they give us a test to go kill a thing in Lakeland to prove our worth. That's the first one every time. Then they, the next quest is where we get the kind of start of the story. This shithead uh, Sin Eater, which is the paladin of the Warrior of Light. The Warriors of Light. Dikaiasai? Sure. I'm going to call him Dai. Um, Dicky? Just, no, I'm just going to call Dickie? him Dai. Big Dicky? Just Prince Dai. Prince Dai. <laughs> yeah, Prince Dai. There we go. Um, this shithead, he's attacked, he's attacked right before uh, and like that's the this village of dude, right yeah the village of right in calusia and grandson lost the love of his life melinda who was an artisan is kind of working to restore jewelry and make money for their wedding and stuff and, yeah uh, some trader gave her a bracelet that she was supposed to repair and then that made her apparently a target target for, for this die and yeah. so he struck her down turned her into a sin eater and then grandson had to basically kill her himself Thus, the ve- quest for vengeance and bounty hunting. And it's totally consumed his soul. It's, cool. It's completely... Uh, one devouring. of the weird things about the... Yeah, so there's that. We learn... We go to the peddler of this uh, original bracelet to learn more about it. This trader, he says, Yeah, Sin Eater still a piece of jewelry. That's stupid. So, But he's like, What I got ears in, in all over the place. And I heard that there's something suspiciously similar to this over in Amarang. So go check out Amarang. And there are some smugglers who did get one. And then, lo and behold, here comes Prince Dai. He kills one of the smugglers, turns him into a Tesseline, and then takes the bracelet. Uh, we then kill the Tesseline. And he's like, uh, Why am I always just a moment late? Well,. Uh, it's for drama. Uh, the princess and a knight. We we ask the partner of the scavenger. Who, I don't even know why am I even reading the quest names. We don't care. The, pr- the partner of the scavenger just uh, like told us where they got it from. It turns out it's a those are Ilmeg royal royal jewels. Um, the fangs and, of Orthus, the eyes of Orthus, and the claws of Orthus. You know this is my least favorite Yu-Gi-Oh filler arc. Oh my god. Uh, it turns out yeah, Prince Di is probably just hunting the royal relics and is bound by duty for some reason. Um, thankfully, we can actually go into Ilmeg pretty easily with our accord with the Fae, so let's make it there. Um, Cranston gives us the idea to search for anyone, any Fae that are particularly tied to Verbert, um, and we know that the Numo are uh, such Fae. So we go. We meet up with uh, a royal steward named Seul Ol, 
um, who was uh, really annoying to type out because it kept changing oil to oil. Um, so that's fun. That was fun for me. Uh, we get a migraine as soon as we meet them and they talk and we see them talking with Brandon in the past, who is the paladin that Prince Di was and uh, totally not suspicious named mage named Tadric. In the this royal vision. wizard. The royal <laughs> wizard. Yeah. Who's not around anymore, I guess. I don't know. And there's some kind of like outbreak happening. There's some, yeah, some the monsters. Transformation. And Tadric is like, you know, um, I'm going to try and find a cure, but you better kill anyone who turns. And Brandon's like, what if we tried to cure them after they've turned? And Tadric is like, nah, you got to kill them. He's like, uh, he also tries to assuage. I I thought there was a moment here where they were trying to, he was trying to assuage their fears and tell them it's not a big deal. It would be too risky to investigate anything. (laughs) Like, don't, don't look into this too much. Then from behind them, uh, the princess of Verbert speaks up. She's plucky. She wants to make a difference. I forgot to write her name down. Saldia. Saldia, sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, we get back, and the new Musa, Numo gives us a quest uh, or a task to go uh, go kill some more monsters, which is Redic Hell. To clear out their bathing spot? Sh- sure. Uh, the Hardened Heart. Oh, I said oh, the quest name again. So, so old does say after we kill the monsters, like thanks for doing. So old after we kill the monster says, "Thanks for doing it for me. I couldn't do it myself because they were old friends who fell victim to the curse you saw in the flashback." <laughs> Jesus oh, <wow>. Christ! <laughs> this next quest is uh, d- dumb. We ask. The- <laughs> they're all dumb. Grandson is like Grandson I just am like so tortured explodes. by vengeance, and just so old is like this vey, and and so old is like stop being tortured. Have you considered stopping? Have you considered not letting your entire living waking moment, every waking moment, be consumed by vengeance? And grandson says no. Um, so he's also like, "I, you think I wanted this? I grew up on a farm. I had to learn how swords work." <laughs> so to try and quell that rage, I guess we're gonna go hang out in front of the castle and learn more. Get another vision. We'll get another migraine. Um, it, it, this is the duty migraine this time. And it's the monsters and the mage. Turns out the mage was bad. The mage was bad. And Brandon got exiled, but then came back to save her from the evil mage. Yeah, sure. Uh, At the end of the duty, we kill him. And Tadric, with his final breath. a long fight. Oh, yeah, I I bet. With his final breath, turns to the princess into what looks like a sin eater. Um, Brandon then has to fulfill his duty to her and strike her down by listening to her words to strike her down. Whatever. He gets his crystal. It's sad, I guess. And it's neat. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, well, outside the echo. And it's like, oh, so he had to do what Grandson had to do. Their stories mirror each other. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Um, there's some morality nonsense about be- never being a completely unwavering blade. Sure. I, I'm torn here between, on the one hand, the princess does seem nice. On the other hand, I don't care about the monarchy. So, like, <laughs> all of... <laughs> <laughs> all of brandon's like i will defend the throne even in death i'm like d- d- defend anything worth defending <laughs> <laughs> that's f- a very good point um the last the second to last quest no this is the last quest grant is not ready to let love guide him not hate he apologizes to Sewell Oil, and they tell us about a hidden chest with the rings in it. We go to that location and find the chest, and then the fight happens. We, we fight. kill him. It takes forever. It takes forever. It has no fun gimmicks either. It just takes just forever. Just like a couple of tower soaks. And he like puts us in an orb at one point. Orb. And we get a recording of Brandon's soul at the end of it, and he is sad about the princess's death. That's about it. 
he vows to sacrifice everything if he has to, and Granson's like, no, that's the wrong path. And then uh, Brandon, although he doesn't hear us, is like, but in fact, what if I didn't do that? What if I lived for the future instead? We're running out of time. The quest ends with Granson back at the Crystarium reflecting on his revenge, and now that he feels better, and then he walks off into the night. That's, that's, we did it. We did it. We did it. So, okay, the, I, I assure the, you that the meta-narrative of having done the role quest will be worthwhile. Okay, I was going to say, are the other ones... it'll be interesting, um, and I wanted to give it a shot. Yes, but, no, we're going to do it. We're going to play all the content. But, just, my God, I don't remember. I, I think I think next episode, we're talking about the caster ones. I remember liking these the most. Okay. So, we'll see. I mean, low bar. Uh, but let's get into 5.3, the original content. Unless I you did any kind of other enjoy thing. the healer quests. These were nothing. I okay. didn't enjoy the healer quests. I didn't enjoy the levity of it and the, like, I don't know. It was, okay. kind of, it just, they, this was boring and the other was really contrived. Okay. 5.3. 5.3. In the name of the light is the first quest. And we are, as usual, with every patch, heading out of the inn. Um, but while we're heading out, Moren, the librarian, catches us and says, Hey, return your late books. But also, thank you for revealing the truth about the Warrior of Light. Uh, we then get some flashbacks as to the things we just sort of saw, I guess. And what? I don't. Yeah, we got some we, flashbacks no, about he, previous things. He wants to give some context about the history of the Warrior yeah, of Light. Yeah, yeah. So we go to the library. Alphano, Al, Alice, and Reen join us for a lecture. Yeah, and we get told like I don't know. So we get a class with a. Sexy we get told librarian. that like Warriors of Light show up all throughout history. Old kings, old heroes, Tuna of Ranka. It used to just be a term for hero before, you know, the flood of light changed its meaning. And like, you know, and the first foot soldier of the light was the one who saved the world from the first age of darkness. Alphano is like, it's so curious that it's also a thing in our history. Is that just what people who get Heidelin's voice always call themselves? And I was like, is this true on all worlds? I don't care about the title Warrior of Light that much. I figured it was a weird little like anachronistic coincidence. It's fine. It doesn't. Okay. Everyone's yeah, Warriors I mean, of Light. We'll see. Uh, at least on these two, it is. Um, so the, it turns out that all these warriors of lights were revered, worshipped even. Uh-oh. uh we, <laughs> we see a nice Final Fantasy... Where's that going? We see a nice Final Fantasy art piece in this book. See, it looks just like the Warrior of Light from Final Fantasy... Well, one, the remakes that they do of the art. Obviously, yes. it's not... A, not I said Final Fantasy IV, but really, it's kind of all the remake. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like the... It's just That's one, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but four draws from it. Anyway, it seems like a generic folklore that people just sort of believed in so it's surely it's no coincidence um the meeting is thus crashed by a little little mistel girl her name is richtio uh sure who also wants to be a warrior of light and she drops a ton of books how rude and careless she demands that we tell her how to be a warrior of light but she wants wants to be a healer she wants to be a healer of light that's rad let's take take her to the doctor's office to see what it's like the doctor gives her uh, a nice little errand (laughs) So we go get I, some grapes. I can't emphasize how much I don't care about this. <laughs> I Whatever. skipped like half of these scenes. She tells us about falling badly sick until a traveling apothecary helped her and healed her, inspired her to do the same thing for others. Now everyone's becoming warriors of light. I go out and help people guess, she wants to, too. I guess Ishikawa played Octopath Traveler 1 <laughs> before doing this and, and <laughs> thought that the worst story was worth including here. <laughs> Alphano has an observation. He says, you know, I don't think Elidibus is sowing the desire among people to help each other. They just genuinely want to support each other and do good things it's like yeah fucking duh what did you think that he was like <laughs> making them want to like <laughs> that they're like, all selfish assholes until he made them nice yeah. not that elidibus made them nice to further his own ends how the fuck did you make that conclusion <laughs> 
whatever. Okay. We check back in at the hospital, and the errand is done. Like that was, oh, that was a, a low point in this patch. So now, well, the the, the other low point here is then. Uh, uh, oh, the kids want to see us fight. Uh, Irwell wants to, and some other one of their oh, boys wants their to. Their names are not important, I assure you. They want to watch us kill some vampire bats. So, yeah, so. we got a luring comp. Alice comes with us because she's like, yeah, I can help fight things. I don't want to go look for boring grapes, which is relatable. Oh, but Alize, <laughs> here's what we do. We take little luring bags and we go look for as many bats as we can, but you don't know how many bats you're going to get until you get to them. I just went to the nearest ones and got five bats. I kind of wish I'd done. I I knew which one. I think I went to the farthest ones because I was like, these are surely the ones that are going to beat Alize in the competition. And whatever. You okay. kill some dumb bats. I do get genuinely annoyed here because Alice gets seven fangs and then she wins the competition. But then she looks at me and she's like, oh, you took pity on me and let me win. I'm like, no, you won authentically. Why were no, you I like, just, don't just, downplay your own victory. It's you- not pity. It's apathy. Like, I don't really care. <laughs> And also, like, you are a cool, successful, talented person who accomplishes things. Uh, oh, well. Even if it's impressing some kids by killing a bunch of vampire bats. Um, whatever. There's some... I may have skipped this cutscene. There's some reason where we have to go wait on top of the rookery again. It's... Well, that tells me all I, I, I need to know. <laughs> I don't know exactly why. We're going to hang out. There's some stuff here about, like, people who get awakened by Heidelin have flickering memories on the edge of awareness just out of grasp, and then a high-pitched sound comes and makes her clutch her head, and then I flash, we flash back to meeting Artbert on the lookout tower, which I guess is the prompting we need to go oh, hang sure. out there again. Why not? And then we, so we go there again, and then Elidibert comes and finds us, and he's, yeah, he's, he's slightly taken mis- aback. He's taken aback. Uh, he says, did you call us? And slightly mistakes us for an Asian. Or an mm-hmm. ancient, you know, kind of looks up and we see the same thing that Emmett Selk saw. Um, we called him accidentally, and then we get a, an echo vision from him. Uh, we get the Elidibus's version of the convocation. Uh, we were, uh, and we remember when he was given this seat, mm-hmm. kind of there from his yeah. point of view. Convocation speaker. I had this written down at times you will stand with us oh, at times you will stand against us yeah. you will guide mankind for you are elidibus the emissary yeah, yeah yeah um he seems to not meant to have come here right i mentioned this before uh there's some weird compulsion and we ask him what his deal is <laughs> at this point and like like he gives us a little we're not so different you and i but he does also say like you know like hey you murdered my brothers you've taken their labors to the one to restore the one true world and turned them into ash i am death and only in, or um, like he calls us death and says that the only um in death will i serve any purpose hmm. it's his duty and his charge to steer the star on its very course yeah, we enough. get a weird creepy rapid black and white flash and then we see ardbert and little side by side and they say they will destroy us and save the world it's creepy uh, and our meeting is um, dropped in on by the Exarch. Uh, he bids... Oh, one other thing before we get there. Really? Emmett Selk saw something in you in the final struggle as oh. he mistook you for another. And then we say the whole thing, like, Hythlodeus? Hythlodeus, sure. Hythlodeus uh, said to us, and Lidibert, and Lidibert is, this is like, no, you don't remind me of anyone. Maybe I never knew you. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what to make of that. Huh. Anyway, yes, now we are dropped in on by the Exarch. He bids Elidibus leave as he, if he is to stir up trouble. And Elidibus do be trying to stir up trouble by way of gut-punching the boy. With a glance <laughs> of dark light. Uh, it did not work. Exarch's soul is pretty dense. Surprisingly dense, according to Elidibus. But what the fuck, dude? <laughs> That's fucked up. 
He's unharmed, but we notice that the Exarch's condition is worsening on his arm due to the exertions regarding the vessels of the aforementioned patches. Um, He takes this moment to reminisce about the engineers of the alternate future that sent him here, and it's really touching how well he regards their optimism. That faith keeps him going in the face of all the troubles the tower gives him, so he chooses to believe that, you know, that this is all worth it. And to choose to believe is to take the first step towards that brighter future. At this point, Reen comes up to us saying, Thancred collapsed! God, so much happens this patch. We're just doing stuff, and he collapsed! I kind of forgot, like, half this was in here. So much happens. A lot happens. Fraying threads, next quest. Yes. Okay, he was following a little birch and was informing them on his actions when he just collapsed. We find him awake in the infirmary, apologizing for making everyone fuss because he's Thancred. Um, But it sure is that ether instability, and it's getting worse. Yeah, it's just it's just more dressing for the story to add the ur- sense of urgency to the quest. Uh, we head back to the source to check on his body to see what's going on, and Kryl is doing her best to kind of play uh, to to juggle, <laughs> the, yeah, to juggle it, and stabilize everyone's conditions in it, the infirmary. It's kind of a concerning scene. We go in, and it's just this long pan over this very dark room full of these very still bodies, and Kryle looking pretty exhausted, trying to keep them all alive. She's gotten them all stable now, even though they're weaker than they used to be, and she gives herself a moment to leave her post uh, while we catch her up on the plan. She offers to uh, to go meet up with just the man for Alagon shit, who is well, probably Sid or something, right? I don't know. Um, and so just as a, as, a, as a quick reminder, the plan is the, you know, the we are going to use kind of these soul vessels and put our scions' souls and memories into the crystals and then wear that crystal upon our person and teleport back. With so, them. And just so I understand, the blue bit of the crystal is where the soul goes, and the red bit has been grafted on using Grahatia's Allegan technology to put the memories into. Yes. Okay. I don't know why I thought that was important, but I want to make sure I understood that. Let's go with yes. While she uh, is off meeting up with that person, um, Totaro goes, makes us go to the kitchen to get some food ready for the folks in the first. Food for the soul is the next quest. Oh, she made some bread. It's been making Charlene bread. It's an archon it's loaf. Archon loaf. Kyle barges in with not Sid, but a Realm Reborn side quest all-star, Rembros. <laughs> Rembros, who I always think is a monster hunter boss. <laughs> <laughs> he proves to be rather useless, <laughs> but instead offers some words of encouragement for the Crystal X arc. All right. Thanks sure. for the not help. They but they do try the bread. They're like, "Oh, this is disgusting. We love it." <laughs> it's supposed to be disgusting. That's the point. It's uh, designed for maximum nutritional value, which is why it's made of pulverized fish and vegetable matter. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> we head back to the fir- and yeast. We head back to the first to drop off the bread with the exarch as well as uh, well as the kind words and he the exarch says, "Yeah, no shit." Verbatim. He, he's That's what he said. <laughs> It's no shit I'm going to keep going. We then have a brief stand-up uh, with the science of the first. I just gave myself the ick by calling it a stand-up. And <laughs> I planted that time bomb for myself. Okay, guys, we, gotta, we have our 15-minute <laughs> anti no. stand-up. Okay, thank you. Go what around you got the for- circle. Uh, 
Put your hand Sir, up in teams and then take it down when you've gone. We skipped it a bit earlier, but um, what's been happening is there are a bunch of lower-ranked Black Mask Asians kind of causing trouble all over the first. And they sure seem like they're basically being set up for the new Warriors of Light to kind of knock down, hmm. uh, to, to create artificial conflict for people to feel heroic about defeating. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Making mischief. How, how, how very unsavory of the Asians. Oh, this whole song and dance again. We deliver the update about their bodies. Not great, but the vessels are ready. We end up using Garaha crystals, Garaha's crystal body parts grafted onto them. Yep. Gross. Well, while we test this nasty science out, uh, we have we noticed there's an extra one, and maybe Graha could come back to the source with us, but his body already exists and over there with a soul. And also, this soul is going to be once more rejoined because he was part of the original eighth calamity so there might be a whole little imbalance and then it's like this we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen with that one alizé is also upset that he's playing with his body for science but everyone else is pretty okay with it honestly at this point like he can do whatever he wants he's gonna die anyway like like clearly he's not okay orianja does express an interesting concern outside though he's like look grahatia has reinvented his entire identity as the crystal exarch yeah he will have to like it might have made him incompatible with his old self he'll have to almost rediscover his old self to make it possible for him to merge back into him into into his younger self yeah uh that's a great point even yeah changed his name and everything faded memories next quest we go. Let's go check on Ishtola. We left her at the Anadur last episode. We did, yes. Left her at the library. All the alone, concept library. Which might have been a bad idea, because well, we walk in and she's on Unconscious. Uh, and Littermert pops in, saying it's cool that we get to talk one-on-one now. Oh, she's just dying on her own. This isn't me. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's just the whole ether <laughs> sickness This isn't me. Problem. That's the whole ether sickness. Cool, thanks. Well, uh, he says it's quaint that we're here in the concept library, though it will avail us not to learn of his past uh, but he seems to have a memory that we tap into here which i this one is interesting mm-hmm. this one is of a couple of other ancients basically sort of like scolding him for obsessively spending time reviewing records again you know that that he worries too much that his dedication to his duty verges on obsession that like you know those who thought him ill-fit for the duty were wrong but also go outside and touch grass it's Elidibus a beautiful does, day out uh, like Elidibus needs to touch grass <laughs> And then the mem- as the memory fades, we see a ghostly arm kind of desperately reaching for them. And then we come back to real life and he's looking at his hands and he just says, look, it fades into oblivion. Does the world no longer have need of me? And he's like, but nope, no self-doubt. No, I'm a little bit, I will fulfill my duty. Hmm. Something, something about that unwavering blade, right? Boy, this sure is a lot of interesting, like, you know, sort of pathos that they could build up to then draw out as we explore more of this villain and maybe, like, you know, engage with him further over an extended period of the game to come. Well, when we're back to, he takes his stole as a bargaining chip and he wants him to, wants us to show him his strength. Ah, oh, more tests. More tests. Oh, right this segment here's so we go to a nice little uh go to a nice little arena it's just just amarat uh interesting choice uh and uh, we get teleported we kind of express disappointment in him like please please just stop whatever the hell this is but he looks us upon us as an enemy and he changes he wants to take our measure emmett Selk also did this all the time knock it off please stop taking our measure okay can you, you said you watched us fight emmett Selk remember that remember you said that does this not count all right whatever we are to witness our own journey and 
our world fall apart as he has done. And if we are stronger than him, we would be able to withstand this. He's got a sick line here. He says, did you think that feigned sympathy and false understanding would cast your crimes in a less reprehensible light and I would look upon you as a friend? You slaughtered my people. You will tear down everything we built. And then he blasts light at three ancients behind the counter where we're hanging out in Amarat and they turn into... Arzians, and then he leaves while saying... They are, they are the Adventurer's Guild proprietors, so right. depending on where you started. He also says, you will know what you have stolen from us, but do not imagine I crave remorse, only justice. Yeah. So he's not interested in moving past this, uh, which, oh well. Uh, throughout the duty, this is just a solo duty, and he changes the monsters into our old friends and impresses upon us that even our friends could be struck down like monsters by others for people who also disagree. As yeah, we have I, done to us as brethren, he seems to be omitting the, he's like conveniently omitting the genocides and the, the, the planetary destruction that he committed, but whatever. Yeah, like the, this whole thing here, you and I kept talking about it while we were doing it, just like... He, he's it's, yeah it's there, dumb I mean, it's it's a little it's a little it's it's, it's philosophy 101 it's not it's, even that it's like philosophy 101 is doing everything to get you be beyond that that sort of base instinct of saying that like i don't know like i've got friends too and you killed them yeah what if, what if you had to kill your friends wouldn't that make you sad no i mean i think a philosophy 101 teacher would not get probably cut through reader, that but right. basically he he's done he's just he says he's kind of done this before and it always amounts to fighting similar to emmett Selk, really right he's kind of in the same boat he's also just as old and just as lonely something about wavering and convictions means that we never believed in in the first place he believes that if you waver that you that you never really believed it yeah, or if, maybe just the world around you changed prick if you're willing to compromise then you don't actually have your convictions which is like interesting but this is not a demonstration of that it's not really it's just not yeah it's not relevant because the world changed Uh, he thinks he thinks that like i don't know just even even absent a reality sundering strike Twelve thousand years is a lot of change, a lot of time for ethics to evolve. Yes, or just everything to change. Yeah. So, like, like one interesting thing happens at the end here, and I don't know if this is a seed being planted for later, or if it's just a weird quirk, or what. So we fight through basically characters from from Realm Reborn, from yeah. Heavensward, from Stormblood, culminating in a fight against Xenos, basically. And at the very end, Elidibus actually appears to lose control of the Xenos form momentarily, and it sort of dissipates. Hmm. And like, and he even comments on it. He's like, he's like, huh, huh that one kind of got away from me. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. And so then, then we fight him directly. Yeah. Um, it's a long fight. Whatever. Uh, at the end of it, we do the solo fight, and Yashola just kind of walks up. She's like, whatever. He didn't tie me down that good. I guess if you're done fighting, can I actually just like dump a whole bunch of exposition about what's going on here? Yeah, I figured it out, and whatever. I know you're playing now. You're primal, she says. Uh, you have the same desire to save the world, and right as the heart of Zodiac, he might be tempered a bit, um, but in that way. But he still wants to save the world. He wants the warriors of light to believe in him as a warrior of light to empower himself to be able to conquer us and tip the scales in the balance of light. Um. Yeah, so this is, it, like, like, like he says now, correct like, on all accounts. He is like he's like the primal of salvation, basically, and yes. so the tool that he has, the way that he is able to interact with the world, is by inspiring people to rise up and become heroic. So, but like, but he can do that to sort of like to his own ends, right? Which is interesting. Yes, he can he can take the idea. Boy, I wish I 
I wish we had more time to dig into this because this is really cool. The idea of taking heroism as a concept and sort of setting it on like train tracks that direct it towards different ends is is an interesting sort of thing for a, like a constraint for a villain to be operating under. Mm-hmm. I but think it's neat. Yeah, but there's a there's a hypocrisy here in that Elidibus doesn't even remember what happened right back then. If your strength is drawn from a cacophony of voices, right, how can you be sure your voice is your own? Uh, and then he says, it's irrelevant. I must do, I must do my duty. It sounds more like Galir from Dimension 20 than, <laughs> than, than Elidibus, but whatever. At times I stand with my brethren, at times I stand against them. All that I might steer mankind in the very star upon their true course. I don't know. It seems like a pretty relevant point to me. Like, if, if you're, if the, what's the true course if not dictated by a cacophony of voices and how do you determine which yeah. i don't know it's- well the point she's making is that like it's not even clear that like he's really him in there anymore like whatever person he used to be has become so distorted both by being zodiac for so long and by all of the other minds that went into the creation that like that, that who even is elidibus does he even know it seems to give him some existential crisis and then he immediately is like no i don't uh, no existentialism for me <laughs> can't, can't handle this i am elidibus i will fight you he teleports away, threaten, he threatens us and our friends. As the quest ends, Yashola wanders away, and we see a small red crystal with a little constellation on it. Yeah. We uh, pick it up, and an episode of Judge Valtry starts playing. Yes. Um, yeah, this is the Leo constellation, so it does not have my mixtape. Um, it, is, it is then, we, we then start the quest etched in crystal. Um, this crystal starts to speak uh, in... in Amarosian echoes <laughs> and it mentions something about a seat and we see some more glints up ahead more crystals uh virgo virgo what Vir- virgo sagittarius capricorn yeah we, on them we they just speak about life creation and happiness uh we exit the hall we happen upon some more crystals these are taurus and aries and they talk about the sky and the earth being rent asunder worried about the final days and the path to salvation the next crystals then talk about the effects of the final days and the panic but also the resolution with scorpio and aquarius uh, the upcoming set, Pisces, Ophiuchus, and Libra discuss the summoning itself. Ophiuchus being Zodiac. <laughs> that one is, that one is a little. Oh, got it. That one's a little bit. Um, th- the I'm, next crystal, Cancer, it, it, prays that their salvation was worth the cost. And then the then one last one, Gemini, has my sick mixtape on it that talks about the sickness of the malformed creatures that exist, seemingly post sundering. So this one existed. This one has memories from post sundering. Yeah. Right? So 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 like so these are the crystals of like the Council of Fourteen, right? Yes. Basically. And if yes. it was, you can deduce. People could uh, did deduce what those seats were based on Final Fantasy Twelve and their logic. Oh. Um. So uh, Emmett Selks was the last one. He was Gemini. Um. La Habrea is Sky Blue. No, I think La Habrea. Yes, yeah, Sky Blue. La Habrea was the Pisces one. He uh, was the one that like kind of was directing the solution here. Uh, Fendaniel was actually the first one. We learn about Fendaniel at the end. Fendaniel said uh, something, like they give us the least about Fendaniel um, in terms of what kind of his part is in this whole sequence. Well, maybe we'll see more of him. Yeah. No, we, I mean, we do. I just said we'll, we learn about him at the end. Oh, right. okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so, so we pick up with these crystals, and then... Yeah. Um... Uh, yes, we pick up the crystals, and we are met with a... Um, 
Well, actually, we were met with a shade, a familiar shade, and he spies us collecting stars. It's uh, it's Hithlidaeus. Hithlidaeus. It's our little shade of Hithlidaeus. And the, he, he explains what we already figured out, which is that each one bears a memory of the life of a council member. They bear the account of a life of a convocation member, but weird, there's only 13. Um, these are the crystals that can imbue memories into sundered stoles to restore them to a simulacrum of their former ancient self. So maybe we should just keep them on our person so that that whole cycle stops uh-huh. unless there's more of those i mean selk surely wouldn't mind i mean he did i guess leave them here for us right yeah. so so um, um but so we are but he then says oh, a really lovely line he says you are feuding with elidibus this time i believe <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah yeah it is a total it's just a he's great stuff. i love i love the guy so much we catch him up on things he does not comment because he is dead <laughs> he's like okay well i'm not gonna make judgment all but i want to say is that you just Keep your promise to Emmett Selk. Yeah, you should live. Keep your promise to Emmett Selk. Remember, remember the ancients. Know that the devotion of the Asians is not without reason. Even if they can't remember it, it doesn't make it not real. He then says that he wishes to reunite us with the wayward stars. Gives us a little shh. <laughs> and summons a nice orange stone with uh, the, the, well, it's, I don't know what the actual word is. It's like a, the logogram or whatever. The representation of the sun on it. Yeah, dot with a circle. Yeah, it's that's the sun. Um, kind of like how Mars is the the male sign, right? Yes. That's the sun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one member previously had defected the convocation. Um, yes, the fourteenth. We heard about them. Thus, their memory was not committed to stone, at least not above board. <laughs> Thankfully, the maker of these stones um, survived the sundering, and, and was our dear, one and was Mount, one of our dearest friends in Mount Doom. In Mount Doom, uh, named Emmett Selk. So he made one anyway. They didn't say he didn't say that, but it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Which is nice. It's a, it, it, that that detail is is shown and not told. So, so so the stone was created in secret. It bears the forgotten name of his office and magic of his own conceiving, which a, is interesting. A singular incantation embodying his spirit. So I guess all the stones have their spirits, but we, well, among all the offices, the the fourteenth was the most unusual. He says, for while the rest sat in Amarat doing bureaucratic stuff, its holder was charged with gaining an intimate knowledge of the wider world. Kind of an ambassadorial, but not emissary, I guess. Ambassador, sort of adventurer, guy. Guy, he had to go out there and do role quests. a problem solver and a go-getter. Um, and he liked to solve things his own way by calling his friends to his side as opposed to bothering the convocation with it. Gee, I wonder who that sounds like. So the magic in this crystal is the magic to summon the stars to our side. And now it's back where it belongs, baby. It's ours. Uh, I guess we don't get the name of the office here. We get a Not later. yet. No. Okay. Yashtola catches up with us and we tell her, uh, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> we make we're not going to, we're going to digest this one a little bit. Yeah. We're going to digest this one by ourselves. Okay. Um, uh, we, the mm-hmm. converging light is the, uh, just, there's a lot in there. Yeah. I, I guess given where this goes, I'm curious how much all the stuff around the ancients and the convocation and all of it is going to come back around in the future. Because it sure... We'll get to it. I guess we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Well, or will we? I don't know. I'll talk about it at the end. We'll get to the converging light. We make our way back to Yulmar because it's close enough. I don't know. Yeah. We tell the Scions about the sort of BS trial that Elidibus put us through and his true nature as a primal. Thancred says the Astians were way too easy. Uh, so they're probably just, yep, giving faith to the Warrior of Light and supplying him with power. And uh-oh, Julia Chai points out the sky. It's There's a meteor more stars. storm. 
Here, feel, think, baby. Everyone's getting, everyone, everyone here is getting their here, feel, think dose. Well, some people are, and other people aren't. Then they're also getting shown the vision of Amarat, the city, as well. So they're getting a much stronger memory blasted in their face. Some people, many people are getting the vision, many people are getting the voice, and some people just feel something, right? Some people are hearing, some people are feeling. And Nobody's other people are, are, is anyone thinking? <laughs> are the writers of this game thinking? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Wow, harsh. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ishikawa-san. Please forgive me. <laughs> it was a joke. Anyway, suddenly, we're a, all figuring this out, and suddenly a spectral swordsman appears out of nowhere, by made the of same, solid light. It made of solid light, looking suspiciously uh, through a portal that the same magic that our good old friend the Crystal Exarch used. They're not fleshy, though. They're just specters. Made of light. So uh, Urianje and Alphano drop a meteor on him, Yeah, but then more of them keep popping up. We uh we say oh crap we got to go back to the crystal crystarium and stuff um but getting is gonna be a bitch and yep. China says here's an airship uh so we could take the airship but then it gets shat on over Amorang by some by some sky meteors or whatever yep. so slow down for one second here so yeah. what's, what's happening is yeah, yeah as we're trying to get back to the crystarium in any way possible an infinite number of heroes basically appear to be getting dropped onto the landscape around us in light portals and they all immediately lunge at us and try and kill us. And this is happening over like half an hour. We're just running and we'll get into the dungeon, but like we're just being beset by heroes from other worlds basically being dropped on our heads. That's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. Um, Okay, so this is uh, the the part of the recap recap where we do a dungeon. This is the uh, hero's gauntlet. And as usual, I have contracted our good friend uh the dungeon goblin so yeah um, bring him in bringing him in yep yeah come on in dungeon goblin it's me dungeon goblin (laughs) dungeon goblin's taking a drink of water dungeon goblin needs a sip of water (laughs) sorry about that yeah, here was kind of time. Uh, we're running, running across. No, running. First boss we run into is the spectral thief. His chicken knife. Get away from the arrows. How'd you do on this one, man? Did you like this guy? This guy, he, he, I don't remember anything about these fights. These were all very generic in my head. What? This is the guy with the arrows and you get away with them and then they, they put the arrows down. But then you got to dodge him after the fact. With the arrows. Yeah, sure, I remember that. God damn it. All right. Well, next part, you can take it into the... The, the next boss is the Necromancer. Remember the Necromancer? I remember the Necromancer. Yeah, the Necromancer. Said, Lure the bodies on the floor. Lure the bodies on the floor. Bodies on Lure the, the floor. floor. Lure, them. <laughs> Lure them away from each other. The final boss is the Berserker. Berserker holes. He puts holes in the ground, slices, dices, and rubble, and you stand on the rubble. We stood stand in the rubble. When I remember to. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to throw you under the bus too bad this time. <laughs> That's about it. Oh, Christ. You okay, Dungeon Recap Goblin? Dungeon you Recap Goblin sounds like. Dungeon Recap Goblin is apparently turning into Dr. Teeth of the Electric Mayhem. I don't know who that is, but my job's done. Give him my brand. All right, here's your red. Yeah. 
All right, that was he only got twenty five rand that time because it's only one dungeon. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty quick one. <laughs> okay, so yeah, goodbye, man. G- goodbye. Get home safe. <laughs> That's gotta catch the bass. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a sweetheart. We fight our way all the way across Norvant, across like Dilmeg and everywhere else, through all these heroes and kill bosses, and we eventually reach the Crystarium, or at least the fort out front. Yeah, um, there's just a bunch of... Uh, did you mention the, the... I wanted to point out that uh, LSA, like, there's more heroes at the end of the dungeon. The team creates a diversion, right? We make it for the tower. Yep. LSA does unleash a Red Mage Limit Break 3, which is definitely a diversion, because that shit is blinding as hell. <laughs> It was big. Ah! I looked at it and I was like, what is that? She's a Red Mage. I play Red Mage. What is she doing? She is doing... Oh, what the hell is it called? Vermilion? I can't remember. Uh, email us. Anyway, all the other scions distract them so that we can rush up to the tower, at which point we get a flashback to a short while earlier in yes. the ocular. Uh, the Exarch is finally finishing imbuing the last of the soul vessels with his creepy blood magic, and his memories are preserved safely in that uh, test one. That's, does that mean, like, so is it just like a copy of his memories? I guess because he's not just like who am I (laughs) this is my question this is my question about like the whole like the the, he just kind of made another set of memories that seems useful like like, it's like a save point it's like a backup you just like (laughs) yeah I guess I mean maybe that's what the royal that's what the royal that's what they did they made the clones of Doga and Une I'm just or Unai I don't know they did that they cloned memories and then put them in a bunch of different bodies that's what they did so we're just doing kind of a primitive version of that I'm just gonna say if you showed up tomorrow and we're like hey I've got a crystal here it's got like the memories of mm. you from 150 years in the future I want to implant them in your brain to overwrite your existing self with your future self I don't know that I would say yes to that um I mean, given what we know about Grahatia and what Grahatia wants, I probably he, he does though. I guess good thing, okay. It's good thing you're not him. Good thing I'm not him. Good thing you're not because like him. I mean, we have a lot. We have a life. Grahatia does not. That's true. He, that's true. He lives in a tower. In the tower, and here is a way for you to not have to be stuck in the tower anymore. Okay, anyway, uh, Lidabert enters uh, because he realized when watching his fight Emmett Selk that he should do the same thing that we did and summon heroes from other worlds to empower him to crush his enemy. Yeah, he's using our own tricks against us. He's kind of like Father Gascoigne in Bloodborne when you, yeah. think, when you think about it. Yeah, sure, that's the analogy I immediately thought of. <laughs> Grahatia is like, it takes a long time to prepare that magic, and Lidabert goes, not if I'm okay with not even pulling in their full souls. I just want to get their burning desire to defeat evil. I will summon an army of phantoms and tell them, as I always have, hey, there's darkness here and it must be destroyed. It's like, I guess we are the warriors of darkness now, so he's summoning all these heroes of light from other realms. Oh, and, and to do this, he'll take the magic from Grahatia's corpse, which is not great. Yeah, but uh, Becklug uh, gets back in magic form and tries to find, fend uh, Illiterate off. And summons, summons the, the fire, fire dude, until, yeah. which is cool. Like, tries, it's it's, yeah. <laughs> it's but, cool that like that's just that's just a guy that they have on call. Uh, immediately, though, gets knocked out and drops the memory crystal. And Ardbert, or Litterbert is like, hey, that's, that's convenient. So uh, he just takes that and runs. So as opposed to giving... And, you know, losing, taking anything for a chance? I don't know. I mean, I, I, th- like. I, th- I think Beckluck and Grahatia also get away. And he's like, well, let him go. I've got the crystal. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Be- it because it's when we're outside rushing forward that we spot Grahatia on his knees in the woods with Beck uh, collapsed next to him. Mm-hmm. And he's turning in more crystally. 
Yeah, it's bad. Uh, it's it's bad. The power, the tower is punishing our boy for Elidibus's work now. Right. Yes, that's the thing. As Elidibus draws on the tower's power to summon more heroes, it's because it's the, still the tied to Grahatia's body, it's accelerating his crystallization process, which is fucked up. That's fucked up. Um, we asked the Exarch to leave him to us, but he stubbornly tags along anyway and cannot let this bullshit stand. Uh, he's got our. He's got one last trick up his sleeve too. So. Wink, wink. To the tower. He's also, he's pretty pissed about this. He thinks that, like, that what Elidibus is doing is pretty perverse in Mm -hmm. terms of, like, twisting the meanings of heroism and all that to his own ends. Yeah. So he's, 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 he, he is... This is He's invested. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the way, we stop by the local guard to get a rescue party for Becklug, who is out there and injured. Um, and they also tell the guard to not follow us into the tower. Uh, only and only bar the servants and stuff from getting in and, and let uh, let uh, don't let anyone else in. Basically, uh, Lena then steps in and acknowledges the orders and puts things to work, but also puts two and two together by there not having being apparently not being any time. And the Crystal Exarch's body being fucked up, that this might be very serious. I mean, she's, she's pretty sad. She's obviously seen what's happening over time, and she's just like, finally, like, you've been keeping it from me. Like, I understand why I'm not happy about it. Well, but she I, doesn't even say that, right? She's just like, all right, go. And then we're like, hey, could maybe make some time for her? Uh, you're right. Yes. She tells <laughs> us to go. And then we're like, actually, if we don't take a few moments to talk about this now, we'll ne- we might never again. And so the Exarch and... Um, he ends up recanting some precious memories to her and reassures her that she will always be precious to him. Uh, she then puts four and four together and realizes that he is speaking as if he is going to die. Yes. Uh, we, at this point, kind of shrug and <laughs> run off. And Lena, uh, not really, but like, we're just But like, we do yeah. run off. And we then the final and... shot we see of her is her sobbing from behind. Yes. It's Goddamn. Very, it's, I, it's very impactful. Um, Hope's Confluence. We head to the crystal proper. Uh, that's the name of the quest, Hope's Confluence. Yep. Running up the crystal steps like we did in the Circus Tower because Elidibus <laughs> shut the elevators down. It, it, it's uh, Is that what happened? Well, that's what I would do if I were at the roof of a tower stopping getting anyone. If I were at the roof of this building and my, I was like, you cannot be here, I would shut see, the elevators down. My question was, because we're running up the inside of the tower just like in the raid, right? And it's yeah. enormous. It's like a million steps. That, and I was like, is this, every time we go visit the ocular, are we climbing like no, all I, 300 stories? I think stories? maybe the ocular is just at the base. Okay, it's got to be. It's, yeah, <laughs> And then Elidibus is just at the top where we fought Zandi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is, right? I think that's the same same room. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. Um, yes. So he falls over in agony in the crystals uh, as we're running with the crystals. And his legs become very, very, I have note here, marketable to gemstone freaks. <laughs> sure. Marketable to <laughs> psychic oddity shot. Sorry if you're like <laughs> a super believer in that stuff. I, I think you're fine. I anyway, think I'm fine too. He's crystallized. I'm, I'm just apologizing to them. He's crystallizing in real time because more <laughs> heroes are being summoned all around us, and and like he's like, uh, I came this far, but I can't keep up with you. You got to go on without me. I'll hold my own." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I'm gonna. You're gonna what? Can you talk through this next sort of conversational sequence between us? Because I'm gonna be honest, I had kind of a hard time following this. Ah, uh, he he says, "Oh boy, here I go." Uh, he says he makes a stand while, here while we forge ahead, but not for, before telling us how happy he was to that he got to adventure with us and how mad he was that he had to stay behind. I was um, it, like, it sucked that it was just sort of like this sort of thing that slipped through him, but he was bound by duty. And we ask him why he never even considered not doing other paths or whatever, right? Because it's like that sounds a lot like a litibus. Like you said, you sound like weirdly devoted to this cause. Um, 
in a way that or this that you th- think is your duty, and we don't want you to turn into a litibus or anything, right? Or like, what's the difference? W- gives us a chance to sort of examine what's the difference between somebody who is doing their duty for good and doing their duty because they're just not thinking about it. And um, he, uh, like, we also are. I think I think our character's objective here is to get him to think about himself as a person and his himself as a past because. He he. We we recognize that he, one of his character traits were flaws as the Crystal Exarch is that he never thinks about himself and he yes continues to wax about the past and at this point he wants to go back to the Halcyon days and I guess that's fair because he's pretty close to death at this point we're not going to tell him to forge ahead <laughs> but he he uh, also reassures us that he was certain of this path and could not have bared to let us meet the tragic end that he saw knowing what he did about our future and stuff like that so we're like. All right. It was a, it was, it's, it's a tender moment at an inopportune time. It's a tender moment at an inopportune time. Everything you've said there makes sense. For some reason, the dialogue kind of yeah. lost me at, at, at halfway through, mm-hmm. but everything you said there makes sense. So th- I'm happy with that. Okay, good. Um, Cause I made it all up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, so- our time runs out together and he slams a spell on the swath of soldiers who dare approach him inside the tower fools uh and they are stuck in place so he buys us a lot of time while we go to the top of the tower illiterate is thus gazing into the soul crystal of ardbert and observes the memories of a possible future he says they're worthless 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 as memories of only of the only past faded to fray into oblivion uh just like a just like any past especially his his own leaving only a gaping void He's pretty depressed. Yeah. And then he like looks at us and he's like, oh, yes, I met you at the Waking Sands. Remember the Waking Sands? The calamity like made the source itself so close to overflowing with darkness. And I was like, and, he's, and he thought, man, I could just use this guy as a pawn, you know, like all the other warriors of light. Uh, it would be great. But now he's like, this really is my fault for roping you into this, isn't it? <laughs> I was wrong, and the others paid the price. I am the last unsundered. My remaining brethren, sundered as they are, cannot see our mission to its end. It falls to me alone. Mm-hmm. Which did... Is he saying there that we did not actually sort of like completely eradicate Emmett Selk and... Um, oh, what's his name? La Habrea? La Habrea. Do we just like turn no. them back into like being sundered souls as opposed to being whole? Well, they're back to the ethereal sea and in doing so. As part of the whole sundered. cycle of reincarnation. Yes. Okay. Uh, Heidelin has that power to separate the souls. Okay. But we, we, but we didn't like wipe them out entirely. They have no, not their be- souls are, I mean, yeah, they'll be reincarnated. They just, yeah, they're not. No, we didn't, we didn't wipe them out. Like, okay. Like we didn't wipe their souls out. They're dead. They're dead. They're dead, just like everyone else is dead. But like, but like, back. if Emmett Selk's soul goes through the whole process and ends up in a body, obviously that won't be him, the Asian. No, but that'll like, just be somebody else with a penchant for smug shit. Somebody's just going to be some smug dude in the future. <laughs> but could they like merge with others from other worlds and like start forming back into like you know? What? Don't worry about I it. I guess okay. if there's an abundance of light in the source one, because they're absorbing light sin eaters. <laughs> Okay. And then start well, the catalyst, or, and then or get imparted with the crystals, right? Okay. We well, well, the level of scorn with which you're treating this line of inquiry is making me think that this is not what Endwalker is about. So, okay, <laughs> it would take it would take a really long time. It would probably take a. It doesn't. It's not like a matter of two months that these things spin okay. in the sea. It's probably a matter of uh, uh, 
hundreds if not thousands of years okay to reincarnate or whatever so no, no. speaking of thousands of years Lydibus vows to return zodiac even if it takes a thousand thousand years um yeah basically and then we get a flashback to some of the info we got from the other ancients um including like um and the red masks and the other Asians that we've slain and we have a line here where we say to him, those who, I picked this at least, I said, those who relied on you are no more, which is an ice fucking cold thing to say to the guy whose <laughs> huge hangup appears to be the fact that he has let everyone around him get killed by us. Yeah. It's fucking brutal. I said that you just, no matter what, you can't bring the convocation back, right? Which is honestly fair. Like, they... We only, uh, yeah. He, like, what they're doing is tantamount to necromancy, mm-hmm. which is kind of a sin uh, in and of itself. Like, kind of egregious that he took the lives of the reincarnated souls of the the convocation and then just sort of gave them the Essian powers instead, without their maybe without their consent. I don't know. But there's a whole lot that we don't know about, like the whole process there. Um, but like, it seems pretty fucked up to me. Just yes. their whole their whole goal and like. Their goal and their means with which to achieve it are both pretty fucked up. I don't know if the end justify. <laughs> the end doesn't justify the means, but the, the end, end also doesn't justify the end. It doesn't justify itself. Like, <laughs> just don't do this. Um, but yeah, they're they're just dead. We can't. It's reiterating that they're stuck in the past, and don't do that. So, um, Elidibus, uh, is... And he kind of breaks somewhat a little bit. He realizes that he barely remembers what he swore and to whom at this point, but he snaps back before going too far with the termination. You know, I think he swore to his childhood best friend that when they grew up, they'd both pursue their dreams and also marry each other. And now here we are, 5,000 years later, and they're going to the same high school, but they don't recognize each other. Never mind, this is not that story. Okay. What is that? What... That's like every third anime is that plot. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll take your word for it. Um, but our, at this point, uh, Ardbert, the real one, speaks from within. You know, we never, like, the difference is that we, unlike him, we never, we never forgot what was dear to us. If anything, we should be offended, really, because, like, we give a shit. We, like, unlike him, we actually know why we're fighting and why, what we're doing this for. He's just sort of mindlessly killing <laughs> Yes, it's like he he is. I mean, well, he is Zodiac, right? At this point, like he Pretty is much. He he is a sort of a fragment of a conscious mind welded to and all a extremely powerful force of will in a way that must be very distressing to experience. <laughs> I cannot imagine his psychological state is uh, pleasant. Yes, at this point, we start the fight. He has, we say he has no fight left to fight, but because but he dares to, at this point he he challenges us to fight. Anyway, uh, and he summons a lot of champions to the roof, and they give him his primal form, the Warrior of Light itself. Yeah, a That's giant... the final boss of, of, of Shadowbringers. Yeah, the final... <laughs> it's the Warrior of Light. It's a if... giant, angelic-looking guy in armor. Yeah, basically the Warrior of Light from Final Fantasy Dissidia. <laughs> a gl- glowing paladin figure, the avatar of mortal heroes, the Warrior of Light incarnate. Um, time to yes. finish this. He slashes a big wave of light at us, and we are shielded by the magic of the crystal of Azem. Mm-hmm. At this point, an invocation of Eld speaks. Yes, we learned the name Azem because yes. herein I commit to the chronicler of the traveler, shepherd to the stars in the dark, through the world. Though the world be sundered and our souls set adrift, where you walk, my dearest friend, fate shall surely follow. For yours is the fourteenth seat, the seat of Azem. Azem, mm-hmm. Azem. I say Azem. 
Asm. Okay. Anyway, summoning circles around us popped life as well. Elidibus oh. is a little off put. Because it, this <laughs> is like, not Heidelin's magic. This is the, old who magic. Who are you? I guess it doesn't matter, but who are you? And it's like, if you knew who you were, you'd be like, oh, wait. <laughs> but he's still going to fight us. So we fight the Warrior of Light. It's the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes. Um, this fight, I don't want to spoil too many of the mechanics of it too much. Not that they're like... I thought it was... Uh, it's an spoil- excellent fight. It's very cool. It's really cool. It's the coo- the, one of the coolest fights in this yeah. whole expansion. Um, basically, though, the story beats here are such that like there's there's two phases and in the first phase he's doing a whole bunch of like different limit breaks <laughs> that we have to like soak the mechanics of like he'll do the, he'll summon other people to do like the meteor the caster limit break and then he'll do like the range limit break where we have to split into two and take those um he's basically just kind of trying to throw our own tricks at us um to to topple us and he eventually seals us off he overpowers us with some spell or some chaining binding spell and seals us off in the realm where Asians go in like the the darkness between rifts where Asians go to regenerate. Which he seems to think has ended the fight. He yeah. seems to think he's like, okay, well, whatever, I can't beat this guy. Right, well, I'll throw him into the void and he'll just be stuck there forever. Not the void, technically. Not the void. Just right. I'll throw the him vo- into the Asian dimension. Yeah, some dimensional darkness thing. And he's like, oh, well. That was it. <laughs> I guess that's it, it, it's over. like if Superman that's can't beat a guy, so we just throw him we, into space. Yeah, but then we um, get we break our chains and our magic sparks again once more. But this time, instead of summoning companions from across the rift, champions from across the rift, we summon a familiar shade, uh, perhaps one that we has ties to the underworld. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, it's big, old, ancient-looking shade, robe and mask and everything. Raises its right arm, snaps in the air, and we're summoned back. Uh, Elidibus says, excuse me, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, the robe then flits, uh, turns away, flits with a flick of the wrist, kind of fades back into obscurity. And for for all intents and purposes, it looks like we summoned, via summoning magic, uh, a shade of Emmett Selk. Emmett Selk. You, what a good guy at the end he's our he's our he's he's, he's one a, of our best friends he's our buddy he's our pal he's our best friend and he's he really he, went, he really went through it trying to bring bring everyone back um uh anyway but yes so then we set we 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 resume the fight uh the warrior of light does a limit break four on us <laughs> but our limit break three is stronger wink wink um it's because Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something that primals can't do that we can. Like, mm. he's clearly not, they've clear, something like, you know, you know how Omega tried to do what we can do, oh, but yeah. can't do that. Okay. Maybe Elidibus has sort of been like, what the fuck? What are you? <laughs> interesting, <laughs> interesting. It turns out that, like, you know, all the people we fight are just trying to, like, Thornton was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> there still always is this sort of... Who Some, are you? Something kind like, of untouchable about Yeah, something us. about... We have more answers now than we did two expansions ago about but who not all of them. Not all of them. But yes, now we have... I mean, we have the power to summon champions from across the rift. And we've been doing that this whole time, but not necessarily as intentional, really. Maybe story-wise or by whatever. Or as powerful, really. We've only been summoning level 30 dorks to our side <laughs> to, do, to get cheese. <laughs> um... But anyway, we beat him up, uh, and then uh, the warrior of uh, of light is kind of faded, and but still not down. Fa- He's like, faded, but still not. I'm immortal. I will never surrender. 
Um, but who should step in after uh, after we do all the work? No, just kidding. Who should step in at the end of the fight? But our friend Crystal Exarch uh, casts the same rooting spell on the Warrior of Light, and then gives and then plays his trump card. Do you want to explain the trump card? Well, the trump card is that uh, he still controls the Crystal Tower, and Elidibus has not really understood what the Crystal Tower is or how it works. The None whole of the Essens po- have, yeah. <laughs> the whole point is that it channels all of the energy of the heavens into so that it can bind like unbindable beings, which is like the whole thing that happened with like Bahamut, right? 100%. And everything else. So it's like it's literally this enormous artifact designed to just deal with powerful beings like him. Powerful, specifically primals. Primals like him, yes. And so, um, and so, Gahatia is like, "Hey, your ill-begotten power that exploits what is best in us. You know, um, I will have it, soul and all." He channels energy all the way up to the top of the tower. There's a blinding white eruption. Um, Elidibus tries to raise his sword but cannot. Yes. Uh, Gahatia's body basically fully crystallizes, or just Almost, about, just about, and we give him a helping hand. Yeah, like we kind of hold him up as you know, we unleash the energy, and Elidibus um, screams and evaporates into dark nothingness. <laughs> Oh yeah, just about. We get uh, at the end of it. What's left is a is a translucent husk of a soul, an Asian soul, a very small soul, like like a and child, like a very, small a white robed child. We see the child Elidibus, and um, he, we we kind of take pity on him. And what we do is very touching. We drop the crystals we found in Amarat, um, and then it clicks for him why he wanted to do his duty he remembers at this point that once his duty was over he would finally be able to go outside with his friends oh (laughs) it's really sad sad. and it's like it's ironic because his friends weren't there anymore yeah (laughs) like great your duty's gonna be done you're not gonna get what you wanted and everyone else is gonna be dead or whatever like um and it's you know he he then recants one of his friends words to him about the, the 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 rains have ceased and it's a beautiful day, but you are not here to see it. Um, and then and he d- dissipates to nothingness, and his soul floats. Yeah, his soul floats kind of upwards into the tower. They made me feel bad for this guy. Yeah, they did it. They did it again. I mean, like now that he's depowered and can't harm anyone, like he's just kind of like a scared, lost child. Yep, it was put in. He was put into that seat as a very, very young, young Asian. I, I mean, I know they live forever, but as a very young soul. Com- comparatively it looks i think and just like and having yourself like i said welded to a being like zodiac just seems like it would be very difficult to deal with yeah um big deal big deal and then there's the second cutscene <laughs> after the warrior of light fight where we tend to the crystal exarch who is basically Who's really the, the crystal the exarch now he is m- m- the crystal and then just like he's more the, crystal than Exarch. He's basically just like the H of the second H of Exarch at this point. It's the Crystal H, because um, the, the first. If you didn't get it, the first. I, I, I got okay. it. Did you get? Okay. Okay, but he has a plan. Um, we've averted the calamity, found a way to return everyone to the source, secured the future for the people of Normont. We've won. So um, he hopes it will forgive this moment of selfishness, and he makes us promise that we'll take him on our next adventure because he wants to take a journey together. That's all he asks. And sure, yeah, we promise that. Absolutely. <sighs> um, then he stands up and takes a nice regal pose before giving us his, his memories and fully crystallizes. Yep, he pulls his hood up, reaches for the staff, and turns into a statue. Um, and from there, he will 
you know, his memory will, or his, like, his body will watch over the Crystarium and see them off to a better future. Remind everyone that hope is everlasting. Uh, the following quest is nothing unsaid. We tell the Scions we were able to reach out to Elidibus in the very end, and that he remembered that he wanted to do his duty to see his friends when it was all over. Yeah, like, like we mentioned, it was just like all like, yeah, similar to Emmet Selk, right? Where eventually you just want to, you want to reconnect with the ones you love, but turns out the way to do that isn't the way, the way to do that isn't to try to rewind the, the clock. Yeah. Um, Becklog prances in, demands to know what happened. So we tell them and they're upset. <laughs> they check on the soul vessel and it is still intact. Thank goodness. So we should be good to go. We just have to hope that the Exarch is going to work with Graha, uh, in that crystal, uh, sentimental, sentimentality takes the air out. Of, takes the air out of the room uh, at this point, kind of, Everyone bids farewell to their the first in their own special ways. We we set out and one by one for the scions to yeah the go scions see them are, the scions want to go say goodbye to like the places that matter the most to them before we finally take the journey home. So Alice goes to Amarang to say goodbye to Halric and the other um, afflicted who they've who've been healing since the treatment. Um, she's going to be unable to administer the treatments for any longer, um, and they're they're out visiting Tesleen's grave. So we go visit Tesleen. And Halric even actually is able to speak for a little bit. He says, time left to her, the time left to her is precious, I guess, and mm-hmm. she should cherish it, which is really lovely. Yeah. Um, lovely to kind of close that thread. Like, this is just a lot of threads to close. We then um, deal with the other sibling. Uh, we teleport to Yulmore. Um, he gets a cutscene where Dulia Chai and Chinus are a bit beside themselves. She, Dulia she, more she's so. She's sobbing. She's very distraught that, that Alphano is leaving. Um, he gives her a, a lecture about his own experience with hubris and how that made him trepidatious about revealing the truth of Yulmore, but he knows from experience that everyone will overcome the struggle. Well, not, and not even that. He even says, like, you know, after how difficult it was for me to accept my fuck up and, like, the whole Crystal Braves thing, I thought that you guys would have a hard time. But then, like, I, like, you know, but after the whole Yulmore fell and Valthry was revealed and everything, you guys actually turned out to be good people who did the right thing really quickly. So Suspiciously quickly, but you know whatever <laughs> we come back and they're just they're just evil <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just wanted us to go away it was it, even china's well china's is like it felt pretty slow and i guess just compared to how long it took alphano to get over his shit right the entirety of heavens were whereas they they were only given the budget of half of <laughs> half, <laughs> level <two> 79 <laughs> uh the journey continues is the upcoming quest we go to the fey with Urian gay <laughs> called him gay <laughs> okay so we me, go to Ilmeg it took me 35 episodes <laughs> finally did it he's making <laughs> he is making arrangements to transport the books back to the library in the Crystarium but he does something to show us he um, found something after the victory over, Liter- over Elidibus oh he found the crystal of light oh. from Ardbert's body. Oh, man. He must have tumbled free when his body was consumed to become the warrior of light avatar. And Arianjay thinks we should go deliver it to Seto because it's a fitting resting place. Yep. So we do that. We take it over. <laughs> and Seto, sure, is, he grieves to think about how, you know, Ardbert's body was misused even in death. But now his honor is restored and Seto will take care of the crystal for the end of his days. And then we invite him to peer into our soul. And he does so, and he sees that Ardbert now resides in there as well. And they get to have a very sweet exchange. Yes, and Ardbert gets to talk, while well, so long as his eyes are closed and looking. Yeah. And so they y- have a very nice, very nice, like, hey, cool, I can talk to you now. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of that moment that, that 
uh, they've been uh, we've they've they've set us up to want since level seventy three or four or whatever. They get some closure. Crystal Seto Ardbert Sayad, but nice, but not but sad. You know, but Ardbert resolves to go on, or not Ardbert. Seto resolves to go on his own little adventure, just for old times' sake. Yeah, just you know, maybe That's maybe sweet. fly to the fly to the canyon next door and get some coffee. Unto the morrow, time for Yastola. More sad. Yep. More sad goodbyes. She said goodbye to everyone except Runar, who she can't find until he rushes up with a giant flower. And please stay. Please stay. He begs her to stay. And she's and like, I can't stay. I will die. And then he's like, ha ha, just joking. Just kidding. Uh, what, Un- was unless, serious? Unless. <laughs> unless you really want to stay. Unless. Uh, I don't know. Uh, she gives him a nice speech about how we are always embarking on new journeys. We are always like finding new knowledge and discovering new courage. And, and these things are always worth pursuing. Yeah, and she's so horny for Dick that she's going to figure out how to breach the interdimensional rift for it. Yeah, she's the one who's like, I'll find a way to come back. <laughs> That's settled. Uh, it's time to deal with the train freaks. <laughs> yeah, we go to Nebatharang to meet with Thancred by way of Magnus, who is like, why is everyone coming to see me? <laughs> but Thancred... Thank you. <laughs> borrowed the trolley, um, which is now even faster, as the guys there are happy to say the future of trolleys has never looked brighter. Good for them. They, uh, can, they can build a rail system. Um, but yes, so thankfully, before long, Reen and Thankred walk up to us and they assure us that everything's fine. We got to say goodbye to Minfilia and we're there ready to head back to the Crystarium. We. Um, this is the bit where I remember that Reen can't come back with us for some yes. reason. I didn't realize I that she was going to stay here. She also. was going to stay here. She was born here. She doesn't get to. She can't. Um, so we before we we were back in the Crystarium and we see Reen kind of skulking out in the lobby before the big open area where we have a speech. And we she reassures us she's say fine. Goodbye. Um, so we give her a bit of encouragement to go say goodbye to everyone. And now we get the big Crystarium speech with Lena, Thankred, and Lena. What Reen? 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 I have written down. Rena, Thancred, and Lena, and Lean. No, and then I was like, no, what? Anyway, uh, Reen finally gives her big speech. She thanks us. She thanks Minfilia. She thanks the Exarch. You know, without us, there wouldn't even be a here for us all to stand and to say these goodbyes. And she'll always remember our time together, even with how much there is left to do. Yeah, it's super touchy, watchy, emotional, feely, wee Wow, you sound disaffected. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> she will honor the names of those we lost uh thank so Ur- Uri like nudges Thancred and is like go talk to her and so Thancred approaches her and rests his hand on her Please head stop fucking this up Thancred for once before <laughs> this is your he last his, chance he rests his hand in her head in a way that is half sweet and half patronizing and is like look yeah. you know I know better than most how well how much you've grown you're gonna make you're gonna make people crowd people proud wow I can't talk I think either. I think I think what would have been nice here is just like a normal person hug I yeah. think that would have shown character growth and development and not Thancred being the same person. I agree. But it, mm. the, people... At least is, he's saying words to her face at this point. He is saying words to her face, it's and that's when enough. the tears start flowing and people start crying. Yeah. I hug, they should have hugged. Yes. They should have hugged. Then well, everyone shows up. Everyone else arrives. Yeah. So the gang's Lina. all fucking here. And the triumphant music plays, and they're like, goodbye. Thank, Thank you for, you for saving the world. Leadership. Resilience. We've all of it. Yes, and that brings us to our final quest: reflections in crystal. Okay, we teleport back to the source. Several cutscenes will play in sequence. 
Get ready. Tell us about those several cutscenes. Well, first up, um, so first up, everyone concentrates on their vessels to put their memories into them. <laughs> and then Angelo the Flying Pig unleashes a wave of light. And then all of their <laughs> soul bodies also go in them. I'm going to give it sound effects while you do that. Okay. So then Beck uh, basically entrusts all the crystals to us. Yeah. And then it's time to go. No time. Ooh, no Christmas. telling what will happen. We've never done this before. We step back into the mirror. We're back in the Rising Stones. Um, and Tataru and Kryle are looking concerned, but we enter with and we've got them. And so we place all of the crystals next to their bodies and they begin to glow and resonate. And then all of our friends wake up, feeling their bodies. Everyone seems okay. Everyone seems exhausted. Like they got, everyone looks like they got hit by a truck, but they seem largely intact. They're in no shape to go anywhere. So it's up to us to go to the crystal tower, um, in order to like, you know, give Grahatia the last crystal. And just we rush out. We, we uh, like run out mid-sentence. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, right. Alpha well, no asked, one more crystal. Bye. <laughs> Alpha no asked Tataro for tea. And I actually kind of like this here. We're running at the base of the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked for an extra cup. We get a bit of a narration as Graha Tia narrates about the oh, journeys that we've been on. And not to forget the faces of those you've been with. Oh, the faces I've been with. And then we, the, we, we run forward. The doors of the tower open before us. We walk in and cut to black. I like like I it's a good it's a good sort of reflection of I think the level of intimacy that is implied in the relationship here that like we don't need to see what happens necessarily they there is something th- they might or it's like or even like even if even if they don't we're, weirdly enough weirdly enough <laughs> so funny okay it's gonna Baldur's Gate three style. <laughs> maybe, maybe they do. <laughs> I, okay, more seriously for a moment. Yeah. Given that this is an MMO, and given oh, that, yeah. and given that our character is basically a cipher who can't really have any personality defined in the game, mm. I think it's actually kind of effective to yeah. then sort of like create these deliberate gaps where our imagination has to kind of fill stuff in. And I think that the relationship between our character and Grahatia, like I, like, yeah, I mean, there's one, really... there's one way to develop a personality that is through the relationships it has to others, and also through characteristics. Our character has some characteristics by way of being kind of thrust in into the the role of a stoic, silent nodder and adventurer mm-hmm. um, and thrill seeker, um, uh, and. So there's some there's some some things there they kind of have to work with to kind of write around but um they really lean into the relationships that you as a character have with everyone else in the cast to yes. sort of flesh out the protagonist in this case. Well and, and I guess as I'm, well as the backstory. And I guess the backstory I'm, helps. And I guess I'm just saying that like that I like that clearly there's some kind of emotional scene happening in there and that we're not necessarily privy to it. I like the ambiguity of that. Mhm. Yeah. Because we've had we enough cut, emotional. We had enough at this point. We know. Yeah. We, we we cut. To, we get. Um, it also leaves to, us into suspense. I'm sorry if you keep interrupting you. There's another. I mean, there's still that question of whether or not it actually worked. I guess. Well, we, yeah, but but yeah, I believe that it worked. Imagine I mean, it fucking didn't, it. and it was just like really really sad again. Uh, I, well, I think they'd show us that. <laughs> oh my god! Just didn't. And we're like, oh man, if only that worked. <laughs> okay. Some days later, 
Um, Alphano and Alice are enjoying their tea. Alice is fairly annoyed because all of the other Scions basically ordered and coordinated with Tataru to get their equipment from Taru over and in the... Fe- and Feul. And Feul to get their equipment from over in the first back here in the source. And uh, Alice is like, I want new gear. Like, Well, you should have changed jobs then because that's what they did. Because we, we get these great shots of like Orianja and Thancred and all of them doing these cool poses, poses and yeah. like playing with their cards and their gun blades and shit yeah it's pretty funny uh but the uh, the animation work here is pretty spectacular because she's just like slumping in her chair and slamming her head on the ground and moving and waving her hands very dramatically but yeah the the others uh the others retain their Shadowbringers form um in the first and the twins are going back to stormblood and heavensward <laughs> yep that would suck <laughs> like man Anyway, um, Cryo walks in after an exhausting day of sealing the crystal tower. Uh, she sees she needs a snack. She grabs a bite of Archon loaf and she's like, "This is ass." <laughs> out loud, that's what she says. <laughs> she's a, it's a little out a of character. Quote. Um, and then she asks Kataro for some tea and something maybe a little sweeter. Um, and who should she run by on our way back? But us. Yeah, us, us? us and Grahatia, and somebody else who's you know it doesn't quite say it but yes it's grahatia talking about how the whole thing worked yeah we see the boots we see we see their little red tail we see his little staff we see his haircut <laughs> um and then uh Uriange says well, well that work's done and the the crystal tower is safe and secure now uh with the with the memories from the crystal exarch to actually work work it and um, so now you're free to do as you want. So if you want to join the science, you can. He's like, no, I don't know. Do I mean, do you want? What is it? I guess if you want, could I really? No, it's fine. And we're like, please stop. <laughs> please stop convulsing and just join. So he joins the science now. Big thumbs up. It's a big good. It's a gratitude at your service. He is in the main cast. Um, uh, someone call. Someone rushes up. There's hippogriffs on the rampage. Guess we got to go off and have an adventure. Yep, it is. Yep, we go off. So Alice leaves off the off the balcony, and everyone else just takes you're, the stairs like a normal person. Uh, Stroll stays behind and drinks her tea. She stays behind, drinks her tea, gives Thankard some magic bullets because Reen can't do it anymore. Um, so camera pans up to Crystal Tower, fade to black. And there's a meanwhile, isn't there? Yes, meanwhile. A pretty important meanwhile. On a dark throne, we see Xenos lounging, reflecting on the recurring dream he has of the world's end. Mm, weird. A white-robed figure with a jaunty, mocking tone approaches and makes fun of him for falling asleep. While, his own, while the white-robed figure's preparations proceed apace. Then he does the void teleport thing, so we know he's a real Asian. It's going very well, thanks to this useful body he happened to find. The popularists are all but destroyed. Um, you know, um... And now that he's in possession of the body of the Lord of House Brutus, he has a vast fortune at his disposal because there's no way to better better way to expedite your plans than with money. The the, the heir to last Brutus does that mean we're getting a we're getting a healthy we're healthy diet? We're getting a second serving of an acai bowl? Yes, they pull the hood back and it's fucking acai. Woo! Xenos uh, is completely unmoved, but this like, acai... Who, who are you? This Asian <laughs> possessing acai really overreacts. It's like a weird theatrical dick. Um, it's like whatever this... Apparently... I'm oh, sorry, this, this is possessed by... Fandaniel. This, yeah, so this, he's like, I picked this body because they are obsessed with you and you do not remember them? That's cold. 
Um, but yes, he introduces himself as Fandaniel, which is one of the seats of the Convocation of Fourteen that is unsundered and no longer tethered with the loose ethics of the uns- of the Paragons. Yeah, he's like, oh, why does Elidibus not? Why has Elidibus not appeared? Well, maybe the last he's gone, and then he like he's like, dare I hope that that Elidibus is gone? Then he laughs maniacally. And he's like, ah, imagine it, bound no more by the shackles of old memories, free to live for the moment. Um, give your word, Radiance, he's addressing Xenos, and I'll go forward and prepare your hunting ground. Yeah, so this Asian does not seem to, neither, does not seem to give a shit about the old society and is, has his own agenda now. I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. What, what are you mad about? I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. I, we spent... Like two and a half patches, finally getting to a point where we coherently understood what the motivations of the Asians that we knew were and what they cared about and why they were doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then we killed them all. And now we're back to this guy who has seemingly like very little connection to any of that. I guess he doesn't care about bringing back like whatever he cares about. It does not seem to be anything that Emmett Selk or Elidibus cared about. So... We're just back to we're chaos, just back man. To, back to chaos. We'll see if he's using chaos as a means for his own end. Well, no, we don't know. Um, <sighs> so, oh well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you don't like you don't like fun. <laughs> I like to understand why characters do things. Well, they just he just got here. <laughs> it's one cutscene. Yeah, but I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> a bad feeling well don't we all he's supposedly a villain i mean well and of course i mean look he's in league with xenos right so we know what xenos wants xenos wants us how often did i say i hated emmett selk and they got me around on him by the end so we'll see but having done that trick once are they really going to pull the same sort of arc on this guy having done that trick twice are they really going to pull that arc on this guy (laughs) is it gonna work is it gonna work we'll see we'll see uh that is i believe and that's basically the end of it Right? We, yeah. We don't get much more than that. Xenos Faust will set the world ablaze because he just cares about chaos and fighting us. He doesn't even care about chaos. He just cares about fighting us. Yeah, he stabs a coin. It's- yeah. He doesn't care. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a symbolic, like, fuck your money. I just I want one thing. Yeah, there's a coin on the ground and he stabs it in half because he's, he, cause he's he wants cool. to be He wants to be our enemy. He, like, wants to both be our friend and our enemy at the same time, <sighs> which is interesting. An interesting choice. Mm-hmm. That is going to do it for the recap of this segment. Um, oh, yeah, we are at a time for this episode. So I am going to just uh, give it to you to help us make some money real quick. We're going to read some ads. All right. So we have a new partnership with a new venture getting off the ground. They're called Fangasm. They do... Uh, ah. Incredible final, like they do a number of incredible <laughs> collectibles. Huh? Uh, so, you know, they, they've been producing merchandise for major brands for the last uh, seven and a half months. Oh, okay. And they got the Final Fantasy XIV license. They are now doing blind boxes containing collectible plates. That's right. <laughs> like Proper, license plates? No, like oh. dining plates. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of wish you had pivoted into license plates. <laughs> I mean, they might have license plates also. In the future. Yeah. The, the menu item just says plates. <laughs> Hit plates. Like, like they're eight inch ceramic collector's plates. You know, they're going to be worth a lot of money in the future because they're is limited that, Okay, edition. no, keep your hands where they are. Is that supposed to be eight inches? You think your shoulders are eight inches? Your, your, hands, are, your hands are the way. If I bring your, them into eight inches, they're too close to the microphone. And I'm to, uh, oh, God, what's going to happen? 
<laughs> That's just a very nice little visual gag there for our podcast audience. For forty four ninety five, you can order one of their blind boxes and get a beautiful hand-painted limited edition ceramic plate mm. featuring one of the uh, numerous cast members of Final Fantasy fourteen. That could be as rare as one of the one of only 25 plates containing uh, the visage of Elidibus. Oh, wow. Or you could get one of the 1,600 plates uh, containing the face of Hori Boulder. So... <laughs> That was where it's going. I was like, where's fucking Hori Boulder? Where's Coltonet? Coltonet is the limited edition one of 940. Okay, slightly rarer. Slightly rarer than Hori Boulder. Yes. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wow. So the, the, like I said, they got a limited run on these. Uh, so, you know, get your orders in quick. Maybe order 10 or 15 because these are going to hold their value, at least the rarer ones. The mm. cheap ones, probably less so. So, you know. And what's their value currently? Uh, they're currently valued at forty four ninety five. That's the purchase price. Okay. But uh, cr- they anticipate that by this time next year, uh, an, an Elidibus plate could be worth as much as three hundred thousand dollars uh this time next year yes <laughs> you think that this has a uh kind of uh let me let me let me think here let me do the quick maths here sort of a maybe like what eighty thousand percent gain <laughs> return yes. return on okay okay final fantasy between the most popular mmo in the world this is like <laughs> I suppose that's true these days, yeah. It's the most popular MMO in the world. As long mm-hmm. as we're not counting shit like Genshin Impact, which I don't. I don't know. I might count that. <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV is the second most popular MMO in the world. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah. And they couldn't could, get the Genshin you know, license because the That's way too is, expensive. And also, it's just... It's uh, it's it's um, Also, it's way too many plates. They couldn't, they couldn't fit the boobs on eight inches of plate. <laughs> You're right. They they don't have the production pressure. Plus, if they like put the plates. if they put the color, they, if they they use the same white color on those plates as they use for Genshin Impact characters, uh, fucking everyone's gonna be losing their vision <laughs> if they eat in the Blinding. daytime. <laughs> yes. That cast you, that you think that cast is pale. You you you, <laughs> you eat a, a bite of your broccoli and just like the revealed plate beneath just blinds you with a beam of light to the corneas. <laughs> Oh, God, who needs the eye doctor? Well, that's gonna. Uh, well, yeah. G- g- did you give him the the code? Oh yeah, Do we have uh, a code. Yeah, uh, Stormbuds twenty will get you um, the URL. Sorry, fangasm dot com slash Stormbuds, and then Stormbuds twenty will get you one and a half plates for the price of one. Okay. Yeah, the twenty is just there. The, tw- the, the twenty. There's, there are nineteen other Stormbuds. Yes. <laughs> We got in kind of not at the ground floor. We kind of got in at like at mid level. level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we were like, we're like auxiliary hires. We're like QA or something. Maybe an S debt that you don't really want to hire Go right check. away, but you need to like help clean up later. Go check them out. They seem pretty cool. And not just because they sent me an alpha no plate. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's uh that's, that's a really amazing deal. At least that one won't cause permanent body damage that's gonna do it for this episode of storm buds uh thank you all so much for listening and hanging out through whatever energy this episode had for you we're gonna deliver it's all over the place we're gonna give it to you and we're gonna see what happens and we're gonna still love you even if it's um kind of a one-way parasocial thing at this point 
but it can be really social if you just join us on our discord uh the links to the description in uh the links in the description will take you to our social media platforms including our discord and you can have a nice conversation with us in a social way less a parasocial way and we can if we get enough people in there maybe we'll start organizing some in-game events I'm, Who knows? I, some treasure maps, maybe? We're getting some people in there. Y'all, if you want to do treasure maps and you're already in the Discord, that would be fun. That could be a fun night. We could get the event bot going. Treasure maps with the that. buds. I would join those. We're just spitballing here. We're, we're, we're just having fun. So yeah, check us out there. Um, and um, thank you so much also for... Uh, spreading the word of storm buds around to your friends, uh, your final fantasy friends and stuff like that. Um, that's really the only explanation I could think of for the, um, sort of continued, uh, increasing community that we're seeing. So, uh, we love to see that. Um, so thank you for, we're really grateful that you're doing that. And honestly, I'm like super flattered that you find us interesting enough to be able to do that. I continue to to talk. We have an audience. Yeah. To like talk to other people about us and the, the, the dumb things that we do on this platform. So thank you very much for doing that. And until the next episode, which will be the caster roll quest and the sorrow of verlet trials. Uh, didn't say that before, but until that episode, Born from Buds, Storm of Buds. We've been the Storm Buds, baby. Au revoir. Get out. Let me know when you're ready. Google's taking so long to look. Maybe I, should, maybe I shouldn't do all of my notes per expansion in one giant doc. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, I need to get to page 108. You don't do them by episode? I just have a big doc called Shadowbringers Notes. That's that's so unmaintainable. I think for Endwalker, I'll switch it up. Almost there. Uh, uh, made it to episode 33. We're so close. Cool. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> there we go. Got it. Okay. I'm, I'm there. <laughs>